0: The last word with Matt Cooper. Today FM, it all
1: happens here. Today FM. So, Elaine Burke, editor of SiliconRepublic.ie, and Joe O'Shea are with us, as they are every week, to talk about the best in television and streaming. And we've asked them to do the best of the year. And I think nearly everything they're about to recommend is still available to watch somewhere. So, Elaine, I'm going to start with you. One of the first things you've nominated is Stranger Things Season 4.
0: Yeah, and I don't think I'm alone in this, but I thought this was the final season of uh, Stranger Things. And then when it was getting to the end, I was quite surprised because it wasn't an ending. It kind of left you wanting more and waiting for that Season 5 that is actually going to be the last season now when it finally arrives. But it was absolutely tremendous and to kind of keep the momentum going for a series that from the out of the gates was really, really well received and they've sustained that over four seasons is quite incredible with such a young cast as well that's been growing with the show. And they had such iconic moments with uh, kind of hinging on these musical moments because it's a, it's a nostalgia tinged show and that has usually hinged on TV and film from the 80s. But this time it kind of hinged on the music and you had that um, amazing Metallica solo played by one of the uh, teenagers in it. And then you had a moment that underpinned uh, was underpinned with the Kate Bush song, which ended up going to number one in the
1: charts then afterwards. So... Stranger Things. Can you pick it up at the start of season four or do you have to go back to the start of season one?
0: It's the kind of show where you'd want to go back to the start, especially because season four uh, actually harks back to some of the first season elements as well. So a rewatch uh, from the start is definitely advised. And all of it's on Netflix.
1: Joe, you have gone f- out of one of your first choices. Something I enjoyed enormously on Paramount Plus, The Offer.
2: Yeah, the offer—it's—it's it's great when you know when you recommend something and people go, "Thank you for it." You know, it, it's actually it's cool because a lot of people got on to be on social media after I recommended this on the show here and said thanks very much. I might have missed it, and I think a lot of people still who who would enjoy it maybe still haven't uh, come across it because this was this was sort of the big marquee drama to launch the Paramount Plus uh, uh, streaming service, and in a very clever way they took one of the golden moments of Paramount and the history around it. Uh, the Godfather, the making of The Godfather in 1972. And they made a 10-part drama out of it that looks amazing. The fashion, the music, the sty- the vibe and the style of the time has amazing Brilliant performances: Miles Teller as a young producer called Al Ruddy, who's taking on this impossible task of taking this incredible book and turning it into a movie. Uh, you know, with Marilyn Brando. You know, which is crazy. And then Matthew Good, the English actor, in a fantastic performance as the, the the legendary Paramount boss Bob Evans. This is the last great golden age of Hollywood, and it's a fantastic story. It's listen. I don't think all of it happened, but if even half of it happened, it's incredible. And it's just, you know, a a few of my choices today are really kind of Christmas binge-worthy shows, right? And if you haven't seen the offer on Paramount Plus, I would really, really recommend it because it'd be, make for a brilliant drama to watch over Christmas holidays.
1: It would be one of my favourites of the year, definitely as well. And you, Elaine, have another one of my favourites of the year, Bad Sisters. Yes. Oh, I had to have put
0: this on the list, definitely. I mean, it was a triumph for Irish television. It was Sharon Horgan at her best and she was across so many roles on this one, writing, producing, starring, developed the whole concept from a show that was originally a Flemish TV show called Uh, which I'm quite tempted to actually watch now because I I miss Bad Sisters now having finished it and uh, yeah that one's available on Apple TV I would highly recommend to watch I'm sceptical about them doing a season 2 because I thought it was a perfect bottle series like this one off uh, story that was very well tied off at the end so I don't know if I'm excited for season 2 but I did adore season 1
1: okay Joe, uh, let's go to your next choice. And this is an interesting one. You've gone for a documentary that was broadcast very recently. And we actually had his director, Trevor Burney, in with us last Tuesday for interview about it. You've gone for Quinn Country.
2: Yeah, and I'm still digesting it and I'm still not sure. I mean, it it wasn't what I was expecting. And I knew from the trailers that it it looked more like Quinn Lair. than than some sort of, it looks like some sort of mad Shakespearean epic kind of story rather than the A to B to C, what you might expect, the standard rise and fall of a a business empire, you know, which would be told about, you know, uh, profit and loss and figures and all that kind of stuff and stats. And it's not really about that at all. And what it is, is this incredible figure in this, from this incredible place on the border county, uh, the border counties and... How he sort of built this empire by by taking on everybody. I mean, even the stuff about the cement factory when you know Charles Hawhey and his mates and his bankers and backers were trying to to strangle Quinn at birth and to stop him doing this. It's it's just it's fascinating. And like I said, I'm still processing it. And I think Trevor Burney's done an incredible job and I'm hearing today actually there's kind of there's rumblings or rumours that, that there is international interest in this now that it might be picked up and actually shown further afield from outside Ireland and I think it should be because it's just an incredible story told in a very original way it is the gospel according to Sean Quinn because it is very much his story told by him himself but, but it's still for all of that I think it's still, it still packs a lot of punch and I think it's just it's, it's, it's magisterial
1: and it's still available on the RTE player. You know, your next pick, Elaine, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 7. I'm sure you're
0: watching this as well, Matt, obviously. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> this was the champion of Champions season. So All-Stars is when champions from RuPaul's Drag Race compete against each other to win an, an All-Stars uh Title. Um, but in this. It's not exactly
1: the World Cup alone, but go but on. This is the toughest,
0: <laughs> toughest challenge to beat. So you have to be an entertainer. You also have to be able to sew a dress. You need to be able to command a stage. You need to be able to moderate a panel. You need to be able to do absolutely everything to win this show. And what they did was they did an interesting thing for a reality show. They didn't hinge on eliminations in this series. They kept everybody who was competing together for the entirety of the series because they knew that these people were going to invest a lot. It takes a lot to do these shows. You have to invest a lot. Into the outfits alone it would cost thousands for these competitors and they let them just stay on for the whole season so you got to just see this exemplary drag talent exhibited for the course of the entire season which for me I've been watching the show for a few years and there's there's so much in this franchise there's seasons upon seasons there's multiple seasons released a year And I was getting a bit tired of it. I know a lot of people who watch it were getting a bit tired of it. But this season, what it did was kind of gave us an out because it was a good ending point for people who were getting a bit exhausted with the show and needed to take a break and just wanted to end it with the absolute best of the best of the RuPaul's Drag Race Girls.
1: Okay, your next choice is The Old Man on Disney+, Plus, Joe. And let's just hear a scene from it starring John Lithgow and Jeff Bridges.
3: I'm watching about a half a dozen high-end contract operators fail at blending into Caledonia County Airfield, loitering around their chartered jet. Their op is not to kill you, it's to retrieve you and put you on that plane. No one will tell me where it's headed or why, but as I sit here imagining nightmare scenarios, I'm aware that with a full tank of gas, that plane can be in Kabul tomorrow afternoon without touching the ground. The nightmare scenario is that Faraz Hamzad wants to see you again. he convinced someone in the U.S. government to make that happen. Why are you telling me this? Why are you warning me? Because the scenario is a nightmare for you. But it's pretty shitty for me, too. This story comes back to life and I'm gonna have to answer for some things that were dead and buried in the ground yesterday. Right now, I'm willing to aid and abet your escape to prevent that. Now, I know you well enough to know you're building a list of options. Pretty soon you're gonna realize there are only two. Number one, you engage, go to ground, figure out how to fight back go through that door and I'm here to tell you it's going to end badly because the first thing that's going to happen is this will become my operation and I'm going to have to put you down. I wouldn't be so sure about that.
1: Joe, I thought the first episode of this was terrific and then I lost interest in it along the way and never finished it. Why did you stick with it?
2: I stuck with it because, well, partly because of Jeff Bridges and John Licko. And and that's a really good clip because it it gives you a very good sense. These, These are two lions in winter, two CIA guys who kind of worked together in Afghanistan in the 1980s. And then Jeff Bridges disappears, of course, until he's dragged back into it. It rises above... What you would expect. It, one of the incredible things about it is Jeff Bridges as a seven, man in his mid seventies getting involved in these incredible action sequences where he's in these really terrible, brutal fights with people and fighting back and defeating men. Like and
1: that you know,
2: has to be a stunt double. Yeah, but, but I'm sure. I'm sure. It's, <laughs> but it's it's very well done. What I mean is it, it, it's very convincing, and you don't really see you don't see like men in their seventies, no. even Hollywood characters, beating the crap out of guys. Like, you know. So I stuck with it because I think it it's it's a cut above the usual spy, CIA, rogue operative dramas. I think it was a very strong and surprising story. There's lots of twists and turns and it's worth staying, it because, staying with it because there are some incredible twists and turns to it. And again, I th- you know, it's a very masculine show. And I think, you know, guys, and I, you know, I, hate, I don't want to be gender specific on this, but I think, again, it's a bingeable show over Christmas. If you're into this sort of thing, I think you'd really enjoy it.
1: Okay, your next choice is one you've recommended, Elaine, to us before Severance on Apple TV. Before you tell us about it, we're going to play a clip from the trailer, which I think is a good intro to what it's all about. Hello, my name is Mark S., and I have, of my own free accord, elected to undergo the procedure known as Severance. I give consent to sever my memories between my work life and my personal life. I acknowledge that once the procedure is complete, I will be unable to access my personal memories whilst on the severed floor. Say gratitude. Nor will I retain work memories. Faith. Sorry. When I return home at the end of the day. I make these statements freely. Oh, I
0: just ate this show up. It was so, so good. And it really skewered concepts of office and corporate culture, but in this surreal, darkly comic way. Um, I mean, there was... Really weird moments with things called an egg bar as an office treat, and then a waffle party. Just really, really bizarre things happen in this show, but all couched in this kind of austere office lifestyle. And and yeah, these they, you kind of have these severed personalities. You have people who are living one life in an office and don't have any consciousness outside of that, so it feels like they're individuals themselves and they're trying to get out. And it is just a fascinating concept as well as a show. And it ends in a, a great cliffhanger, which makes you really, really waiting for season two, which is due in 2023 soon, I hope. I don't want to be waiting too long to find out what happens next with these characters. Okay, I'm going to
1: try that. You have another one that has been on Sky Now TV uh called Barry, starring yeah. Bill Hader. And uh, this, I thought it had finished at the end of season three perfectly in what was yes. a really brilliant dark comedy. But apparently there is a season four in the making.
2: Yeah. There is a season four coming. And and the reason why I mentioned Barry, because it has been around for a while, the reason why I mention it is like, sometimes I feel like one of the few people in Ireland who's actually seen it or watching it. Oh, I've seen and every I think,
1: episode as yeah, well. Don't worry, Joe. <laughs> and, yeah,
2: and it is. And it is, but it is one of those ones that it's easy to ignore, but it's really, really good. It's very, very funny and it's really, really dark. And it's about a hitman and it's played by Bill Hader, who's this very talented comedian. And he plays this laconic kind of disillusioned hitman, a former army special ops guy who accidentally falls into uh, an acting class in Los Angeles. And here's a brilliant from Henry Winkler, he's uh,
1: terrific
2: in it. He's, he's incredible. Gene, Gene Cousineau, who's the acting, who's running this crazy acting school, and you know Henry Winkler had a fantastic late career. Like you know, I, I remember seeing him in the Water Boy, and he's a revelation. That and then Parks and recreations he's great. But this, and actually, and also, he,
1: was, he was once a guest here on the program in studio, oh. and he was a great guy to meet. Really yeah. engaging character.
2: Yeah, he just, he just like the the Chechen mafia in Barry as well. I mean, there's some brilliant everywhere you look. There's fantastic, there's fantastic actors, and it's just really funny. But it's incredibly dark, and it has uh, the moral center of it is sometimes uh, would would elude you. But I think Barry, it's called. It's on Amazon. Uh, Yeah, you're right. It's on Sky. Being on no, and it's easy enough to track down once you know what you're looking for.
1: You're going for Derry Girls as well, Elaine. Yeah, so
0: this is one that's in a complete package because it's three seasons, 18 episodes, one special and that's it, all available on all four. You could get through it all over Christmas if you wanted to and if you haven't, somehow, if you've somehow missed Derry Girls up till now, you have to watch the show. It was just brilliant, so heartwarming and so comedically brilliant and also educational. Like it taught a lot of people, especially in the UK, more about the Northern Ireland situation than they were learning from their own schools. And, and Grandad Joe's lecture on the Good Friday Agreement should just be taught to people <laughs> people who are discussing uh, how to like, move forward with what's going on in Northern Ireland now.
1: Just watch Grandad Joe, please. Okay, your last one, Joe, is on Disney Plus and it's from the Star Wars franchise and or
2: yeah. Now, if you're a Star Wars fan, you know that um, there were was, was disappointments, right? Let's say The Mandalorian, I liked a good bit. Boba Fett, Obi-Wan didn't really do it, for, and didn't do it for a lot of Star Wars fans. Even diehard Star Wars fans had problems with this. Andor had a lot riding on it. This is the latest spin off. And uh, starring, starring Diego Luna as this kind of like reluctant revolutionary on the outer edge of the Empire. Uh, it's very good. It's, it's been being, it's being called the best Star Wars uh, you know, product or the best Star Wars show since Return of the Jedi which is which is huge praise indeed. It works so well and it, one of the reasons why it works is it just strips it right down to what is an allegory I suppose about colonialism, about fascism, about revolution. It's very, it's got a load of, it's got punch, it's got depth, it's got everything. Brilliant central performances as well from, from Diego Luna. It's it's just really, really good. And even if you weren't a Star Wars fan or if you couldn't make a true Boba Fett Obi Wan, this Andor is definitely worth going back and having a look at because it's great stuff.
1: Joe Shea, Elaine Burke, editor of Silicon Republic. Thank you both very much for being with us. And we'll see you again next Monday when we'll have your recommendations for the best things to watch over the Christmas period. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. FM.